And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, you're very welcome to a new edition of the We Are Me podcast with Davey Rispin and uh, Mickey Brennan here as always. A new episode, but it's the same old, same old from me and Davey. Um, Davey, it's the first We Are Me podcast of the new year and we, I suppose, we've spoken about this on social media. Your uh, extended, we'll say, Christmas holidays as the eyes go to heaven once again. Um, But, you know... There's been a lot happening. We've had O'Byrne Cup, we've had Kyo Cup, um, you know, the ladies' fixtures have come out, the club master plan has come out. So we've a lot to get through in this podcast to catch all our listeners up on what's happening in me GAA. Yeah, we absolutely do. It's strange because I think we have definitely three or four Loyal Royals podcasts out since the turn of the year. But the way the Sundays have fallen for us, yeah, we have a little bit of catching up to do on the We Are Meeting podcast Mickey but uh, yeah absolutely loads happening and really you kind of get the sense that the season is is kind of kicking off in earnest there's club teams obviously going back training in the last couple of weeks uh, we've we've a fixture planner to kind of try and dissect in some way shape or form uh, we we have clarity on when the competitions are going to be starting and I suppose now we're just waiting on affiliations and fixtures to come out um, and obviously the big the big one is the start of the National Football and Hurling Leagues, um, including our ladies who are going to kick it off uh, next weekend, which is astonishing. It's a really, really early start for them. I know they've been working from well before Christmas throughout. So uh, it's a new era with them as well, of course, with Davy Nelson at the helm, Mickey. So really exciting times in the Royal County. I was just going to say it's uh, uh, exciting times with all of uh, our top management teams, I suppose, from the Mead footballers, the Mead hurlers and the Mead ladies footballers all having new management in place for the 2023 season. Of course, Colm O'Rourke with the men, uh, Shorsha Bolfin with the hurlers and Davy Nelson with the ladies. Is the management team staying the same with the Camogues? <laughs> yeah, I think I think strangely, I think they're the only ones that are staying the same. As far as I, I gather, Brendan Skeehan will be staying on and Gordon Ward, who, who you'll be well aware is obviously... Uh, joining forces with your own Simonstown Gales. I do think that he is going to stay in his position as SNC coach with the Mead Camogues, which is good news. Uh, they have had a few departures, as you know, the likes of Jane Dolan has retired. Yeah. Amy Gaffney is going to cross to play with the footballers this year, which is an interesting one. So there is going to be a little bit of a transition period, shall we say, for the Camogues. But um, yeah, they're the only ones out of our four county senior teams that are going to be staying with the status quo. Well, it's been an absolutely uh, brilliant start uh, for the hurlers uh, because in the Kill Cup, Davey, they've had two wins from two under the stewardship of Shorsha Bolton. Two really good wins, it has to be said as well. Mead 18 points, 
uh, Wicklow won 11 in their first outing. And in their second outing, it was Mead 224 down 116. That game played in Dungani, the first game played in Bray. And, you know, they've, they've got to be really, really happy with both of those results. Absolutely. Uh, particularly the Wicklow game it was an awful night, I think, down there in, in Bray on the Thursday night. And uh, they dug out a, a great win. They're quite experimental themselves at the minute. I believe they have a working panel of in and around 40 players. So like the, the, their football counterparts are trying to get game time into a whole host, a whole host of sorry newcomers. Um, while it's also juggling the fact that they have a couple of long-term injuries, the likes of Jaxie Regan and Marco Sullivan are just two that are out for the time being. But we've seen very strong performances from the likes of Podge O'Hanron, who's been there for a number of years. But also a new retort man in there in Niall McLaren, and he did ever so well in the second game against um, against Down on the, on the weekend, just gone. And uh, listen, it was a down team, a little bit under strength. I think they played a challenge match earlier in the weekend against maybe Tipperary or Waterford. But nonetheless, Mead put up a huge scoreline in 224. Um, and the way this competition is actually shaped this year, Mickey, it's it, there's no finals or anything like that. It's just the winner of the league phase of it basically wins out the competition. They're back in action uh, next weekend. I think they travel to Carlo next Sunday for their third game of this competition. But all uh, working towards the start of the National Hurling League as well. And promising signs, you'd have to say. Seems to be good enthusiasm about the setup. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Niall McLaren. He hit 1-6 um, last week against Down. Great return from him. Sean Quigley with six points as well. You yeah. mentioned Padre O'Hanron the first day out. Uh, what was he? Ended up with 12 points uh, from the Rathout man against Wicklow. So mm. out of 18. So, you know, things are looking up. And I'd say we can be quite positive about the Hurlers this year. Very without, much so. Yeah. Without being arrogant or or uh, cocky. No, I think I think the early signs are quite good, Mickey, because they're beating and beating teams that they they should be beating and beating teams that are maybe a grade ahead of them. I.e., the likes of Down, the league, and and Christy Ring are sort of gonna um, mirror each other in the sense that they're going to be playing a lot of those teams twice. So I, I think it's important that they hit the ground running in the National Hurling League, try and lay down a mark or get promotion because they did suffer a relegation in that last year. And also then push on for championship. Um, it's it's for a new manager, it's a it's a decent position to come into in the sense that you'd like to think they've hit rock bottom in terms of where they're at, and and the the, the prospects are good for them to kind of push on and try and build from the bottom, if you will, and, and get back into Joe McDonnell and be in much better stead that way. You see the like Sean Quigley coming back, James Toher is back as well, Mickey. Uh, James Murray, I know, is in and around the panel too. He's just coming back from an injury as well. So the fact that they've got new players in, but they've also got some of the older players who maybe took a year or two out, I think that's hugely encouraging and um, the, the omens are good thus far. Did we see uh, young Shine um, making his way onto the field yet? I know Shorsha Bolfin spoke to you about him uh, only a couple of months ago and said he was a, a really good prospect. Yeah, absolutely. He played midfield the first first night against Wicklow um, and played quite well. The pair of them are actually in there, Dara and Tom, oh. which is great. So, uh, Along with Shawnee Garrity, there's three from the Kilscare Milo Club, which is great to see. Um, and it looks like they might make an impression this year. Just looking down through it as well, the likes of Kyle Donnelly, who was superb for Kilmessen last year as well, deservedly gets his call up and he's trying to make a, an impression in there as well. So, um, there's there's a bit of a buzz, I, I sense, even though they've only played two games. It is early days, absolutely, but I, I do feel there's some room, hopefully, that can continue through to the, the league. Anyway. 
I, I, as well as that, I suppose coming off the last couple of seasons where they've t- taken some uh, big beatings and stuff like that, and probably struggled to put back to back wins together, that's a real positive sign as well that they were able to put two uh, really good performances together against two sides in Wicklow and Down who they've met an awful lot over the last couple of years and had ups and downs against both of them. Yeah, no pun intended there, Mickey, with the down <laughs> one. But, uh, they have, particularly down, they've really struggled. Um, okay, more so up in Ballycran and stuff. But uh, good that they lay down the marker and beat Wicklow. There's a good chance they'll probably play Wicklow, you know, at least a couple more times throughout the year. And down the side, as you say, that they've really struggled against. Um, the Carlo one, you'd imagine, will be another step up in class, a significant one as well this weekend, uh, going down there. Uh, but if they can come back with with a win, um, that would put them in, in a great position, I think, going into what probably is the final round a week later. First round of the league for them starts the week after the footballers. So I think you're talking the 6th or 7th. I think it's the bank holiday weekend in February. So um, that's what it's all building towards, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 hurlers in good stead at the moment and, and hopefully it will continue. And we wish Shorsha and the lads the very best of luck We'll be following them very closely in the coming weeks and uh, months. But Colm O'Rourke, David, the new Mead manager, um, I suppose as a as a manager going into uh, uh, into your first <coughs> county job, um, you know you're looking at the preseason tournament of the O'Byrne Cup and going, you know, it'd be nice to get a couple of uh, results in here and maybe get to a semi final or, or, or final and get the extra game on whatever, well, it's a chance to get to the final. But it didn't pan out, but they went through it unbeaten. Um, lots of learning from it, and a really good fact-finding mission for Colm and his management team to see what players are available to them uh, as they, I suppose, prepare for Cork away in the first round of the Alliance Football League on the 29th of January. The fact that they didn't get to the final probably gave them a chance to maybe do a bit more hard slogging over uh, the coming weeks before they meet Cork in that opening uh, round fixture. Yeah, I'm not even sure do they do they need to do much more slogging. I was quite impressed with their levels of fitness across the three games, to be honest with you. Um, I do think they need to probably uh, brush up on, on certain elements of their game. Obviously, there's a really strong uh, emphasis on the kicking game that Colm is trying to implement. Now, the one thing that I pulled from the three games is it, it does need to be um it does need to be nurtured a little bit more, I, I would say. At times there is just a little bit of a, an over eagerness, I feel, maybe to launch the ball in from deep, and there's not too much of a science behind it, if that makes sense. Uh, so I think that probably needs a little bit more work. But overall, I'd have to say, and, and they did say it from an early stage that the, the fitness work was sort of done nearly uh, by the turn of the year, and that we, we have seen it in the games. They finished, in fairness, they finished all three games really, really strongly. Um, they've had little dips within the games. Again, Colm has kind of touched on that throughout in, in his post-match interviews, that that's to be expected because it's such a new blanket of players, essentially. But uh, overall, I, I'd be very happy with the fitness of the group. Now, obviously, there's a few more fellas to come in and really join it. Um, the likes of Conor McGill and, and Jack Flynn, Ronan Ryan, etc. Those fellas have to really come back from injury and try and bed in. Um, but overall, as you say, it's been a huge fact-finding mission in the sense that they've used 
what if the 31 players or something like that have been used across the three games with a handful more still to play and feature. So um, it's it's been a very interesting campaign. And I know there's a lot of doom and gloom about the O'Byrne Cup uh, just now. And, and that's understandable in many other counties. But I do think for me this year, it was a, it was a really w- worthwhile exercise. Could you imagine we were going down to Cork in a week and a half or two weeks time and we hadn't played a competitive game up until now? We'd be, <laughs> I don't know about Colin, but I think the pair of us would be quite worried going down there, almost walking into the unknown. At least we know now that, um, that we're unbeaten, obviously, and there's plenty of room for improvement. Yeah, when when you look over the three results away, the first day out to Carlo, came back in that second half, played against a really strong breeze in the first half, came back in the second half and won that game 16 points to a goal and nine. The next game up was Lee Shin Navin and Park Tolchin on the Saturday, drew that one 210 to 16 points. And then the final game was against Longford last Wednesday night in Dunhamore Ashburn and came back to draw that one, um, won seven to 10 points. So I suppose we saw loads of different aspects to the Meads team um, over the course of the six or seven days. You know, the first day coming back and hitting 16 points, brilliant stuff, and, and winning that by four. Second day out, had a five-point lead twice in that game, went 1-2 to no score ahead, ended up five points ahead in the closing stages, uh, and Leash hit the last five points to get a draw, so we're a bit disappointed about that. And then the last day against Longford, Things weren't going well for me at all throughout the game on Wednesday night, but showed great, great determination to come back and get the draw in the end. Um, when maybe a lot of people said that they didn't deserve a draw on the night, but when you look closely at the st- stats from that night, they had created way more scoring opportunities than Longford. So maybe, you know, they did deserve to to come away with at least a draw in that game and could have snuck it as well. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think to, to kind of summarise what you were saying, it's it, it's been the good, the bad, and the, and the ugly Every, really throughout the Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but admittedly, the, the last two games against Leash and uh, Longford, they they went quite strong, like in terms of their personnel. Um, Mead were still very much in experimental mode, and they gave the O'Byrne Cup, uh, or sorry, they gave the the Sigerson every opportunity, so that basically. I think they played a half each the, the first Wednesday and the Saturday. They obviously none of them featured on the, the final Wednesday against Longford. And uh we still come out with an unbeaten. I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think it's not really about results, albeit no. we, didn't, we didn't get beaten, which was positive on the sense that as you say, we, we dug something out, particularly the last game against Longford, where it looked it looked grim really in, in the last five or six minutes, and they kept at it. Uh we do need to 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 kind of improve on certain elements of the game. That conversion rate that we've talked yeah. about in recent weeks is something that would would concern you absolutely, um, particularly against better sides, which we're going to be undoubtedly facing in Division Two. That's going to have to improve significantly. Um, but defensively, I think is probably where we've we've maybe found a couple of little gems. I mean, we we know now that the likelihood is Conor McGill isn't going to make Cork, and I think if you ask any Mead supporter last year that Conor McGill wouldn't make any Mead game, you'd be, you know, you'd be quaking in your boots because we didn't have any ready-made replacement for him really in that full-back line. I think two of the big emerging players from the O'Byrne Cup for me were probably James O'Hare and Michael Flood. I, I yeah. think they give you two really good backup viable options to maybe throw in there. 
from the start against Cork. And now, okay, that would be a massive test for both of them. But from what I've seen in the three games or the two games that I was at, uh, they, they certainly have the credentials to maybe come into the side and, and make an impression. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose in, defensively, we did look really, really good and we've got plenty of options there. In the forward line, we brought in a load of players as well, Davy, And mm. they've all seemed to kind of uh, show up well at different stages. But we weren't able to maybe put together, um, I suppose, a- enough from that forward line. And there's a lot of fluctuation in that forward line. The experienced campaigners, the likes of your uh, uh, Killian O'Sullivan's, I think Killian finished the competition with two goals and five and scored in all of the games for me. So, you know, great to have him there. Um, but some of the new la- look la- or the new lads looked, you know, lively um, coming into the team. I suppose the one I was going to go to was Aaron Lynch. You know, the first day against Carlo, you know, was very, very busy, was working his socks off, but it just didn't go well from in front of the sticks. He came on uh, in a pressurised situation against Long uh, Longford in the closing stages and he kicked the last two points. So, you know, maybe that was the kickstart that Aaron Lynch needs in his county career. Yeah, I, I think he definitely needed that that little cameo at the end of the Longford game just for his own confidence as much as anything it's it's a huge difference to what he's used to and I don't mean to be uh, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way shape or form to Trim but when he plays for Trim Mickey they they, they look for him every time Do you know the Trim lads look for Aaron Lynch because he's their marksman in there so in, in other words when he comes into a county like because you're playing against fellas who are of equal quality basically as you are so you're never going to get the same amount of ball you're never going to get the same volume of chances you're not going to get the same space maybe that you get at club level so from that perspective it's a, it's a huge jump up in class um but it looks like he's he's starting to adjust he really is um but it was a tough baptism probably a baptism of fire the first night as you said against carlo but but those two points against uh against longford were excellent the, the other one that I'd have to pick out is is German Moriarty. Uh, yeah, he was really really good in. Uh, I think he got four from play. Uh, we obviously didn't see him against um, in in the the final game against Longford, um, but he's certainly a player that I think of the newcomers would be to the forefront of Column's thoughts as regards a place in the starting fifteen for Cork, certainly in the forward line and. Uh, he's new, but he's not new. Uh, Donald Lennon's the other one. I think this is yeah. his third stint with with Mead. Um, he he's got all that experience. It's a little bit different for him, but he does look like our probably our most uh, viable free taken uh, free taker. Sorry, at this point in time, and uh, I would be surprised if he didn't start come come Cork. Yeah, another. He, he was the next one I was going to bring up because he scored in all three games as well. If I'm not mistaken, he ended up with one four. Um, from the three games. Um, Dye McGowan in the midfield chipped in with scores in two of the games and so did Keith Curtis and uh, Jason Scully and Jordy Morris. So while we weren't very prolific uh, over the three games, um, I suppose we were the first day, the second day we got 210. The Longford game is the one that we kind of look at. Um, but there's definitely scoring forwards available to Colin. Yeah, and do you know what, Mickey? You've you've played in a whole host of teams throughout your career as well, and you'll know this for a fact that when you go into a, a a new panel or a new team, it takes time, particularly as a forward, for you to get to grips with 
with what the other lads are like. Yeah. So, and and that probably won't come to fruition until maybe the third or fourth round of the National League when we have somewhat of a settled starting team or or certainly a starting six forwards. Uh, so basically the reason I, I think one of the main reasons why we've seen a little bit of inconsistency throughout the O'Brien Cup was the fact that it was so such a makeshift team from, from game to game. And I do think when things settle down and we get something close to a starting team that that the lads can get used to each other's games, even in training and stuff, you know, it'll it'll bring them on uh, leaps and bounds, I would say. Um at this stage it is a concern. We need to get that scoring rate up. We need to get a little bit more clinical in front of the post. But I, I do think that'll come. Yeah, no, it will. It definitely will. And we'll see a more settled team in a couple of weeks' time as the Alliance Football League starts. And, of course, Colm and his team will be heading down to Cork for the 29th of January. And Mead will play Cork in their first uh, away fixture of the year and uh, of the National Football League, that is. And we look forward to uh, seeing how that one goes. But best luck to Colm and, and the new look Mead team. Um, as they start their Alliance Football League campaign. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clannard County Media. Davy, moving on now to the ladies. And of course, Davy Nelson is the new manager of the Mead Ladies and you know, a good good friend of the podcast. And you know, it's 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 a baptism of fire in the first round of the uh, National Football League, the little National Football League Division One, because First up for Mead on Saturday the 21st of January is in a venue in Dublin and it will be Dublin against Mead at 5.15 next Saturday. Um, second round game is against Donegal and it's away, sorry, it's away again to Donegal the second day out. And then the third game is against Galway. That's a home fixture for Mead um, uh, in that one on Monday the 6th of February, the bank holiday. So they're game on game, week on week. And then there's a gap of two weeks to their next game, which is against uh, Mayo, a home. So they have two away fixtures, and then they've got two home fixtures in their opening four games of the uh, Little National Football League, Davy, Yeah, it is. It's, it's a tough start, absolutely, on the road. If I'm not mistaken, it, I'm, I'm open to correction on this, but I think they were certainly meant to play another game away from home. And I think it was the Galway game. So had it been like that, the likelihood is they would have played the first three games on the road. They've managed to get one of those games back. I, I think it was the Galway game, which they were meant to play away. But as it is now, it's four away, three at home. And as you say, those first two games are going to set the tone. Absolutely. Like you've got the two market leaders 
for All-Ireland honours this year in Dublin and Mead. Again, Dublin are going to start the year as favourites for the All-Ireland crown, but they have done in the previous two years and that hasn't deterred Mead at all. But that's likely to be a huge occasion. Um, Dublin are going to be so hungry again. Mick Bowen is going once more. A lot of people thought that last year would be a swan song, but it hasn't come to fruition. And uh, me going there as All-Ireland champions, uh, again to Parnell Park. I was there last year in a dead rubber game in the league, actually. And yeah. it was an incredible occasion. There was a massive crowd there, great atmosphere. Um, and I, I expect this to be there to be fireworks there next Saturday evening in, in probably what will be Parnell Park. I'd be surprised if it was anywhere else, unless it was in Crow Park, obviously. <laughs> uh, but looking at Crow Park on Sunday, the pitch doesn't look like it's in too good a condition for a game of that magnitude. The Donegal game then as well. How could you forget do, do, me than Donegal last year in the uh, knockout semi-final. stages of the All-Ireland semi-final? It was an incredible game of football. Um, and up there as well, Bally Buffet or Letterkenny, wherever it's going to be. Again, that's going to be a huge test for me. And then, thankfully, the homecoming is is going to be Bank Holiday Monday, as you say, against Galway. Um, should be a great occasion that, and hopefully, we can have points on the board at, at that point. Um, I think that's going to be important. We'd love to win our first two games. I think one win from your first two would would suffice. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a new manager, there is new players in there. There's a little bit of fluctuation and stuff like that. Um, and it's a very difficult start. So if they can get one win from the first two with two games to come in in Nav, and then it gives them an opportunity to build a bit more momentum then towards the latter stages of the league. Yeah, and in the latter stages, so we've mentioned the two away games against Dublin and Donegal in the first two games. They're away to Kerry, who they beat in last year's All-Ireland final um, on Saturday the 25th of February. And then they're away on uh, the 25th of March in their final game against Cork. So the four away games that Mead have, Dublin, Donegal, Kerry, and Cork. The home games that they have are Galway, Mayo and Waterford. And I suppose if you were grading all six teams that Mead have to play uh, or seven teams that Mead have to play, you would have said the four away games, Dublin, Donegal, Kerry and Cork were probably the four best teams uh, after Mead, obviously, in that division. So they're very, very tough away fixtures. Yeah, yeah, you took the words right in my mouth. That's it, exactly. If you could swap your three home yeah. games for for away games, you would in a heartbeat because I think no no disrespect to Galway Mayo and and Waterford, but on paper you'd fancy your chances of going there and actually getting a result. Um, but you'd like to have certainly Dublin Donegal and either Kerry or Cork, whichever you know in Navan. But they're tough games. They're they're long journeys by and large, with the exception of the, the Dublin one. Um, so there's going to be nothing easy about that, as you say. It's week on week, more or less. So um, it, it's going to be a tough start. Uh, to life as new ladies manager for Davy Nelson, but look at he he'll he'll get to grips with it fairly quickly. The girls will will kind of bring him along as well. They've been I won't say they've been rode off, certainly not by anybody inside the county, but everybody outside has sort of done that to me over the last couple of years, and it hasn't deterred them at all. Of course, they're defending their league crown as well. We do forget that they're all Ireland champions and all, but they are the national league champions as well. So that's another trophy that goes on the line and. Um, yeah, all leads, all road lead, all roads lead to Dublin next Saturday evening. Yeah, absolutely. We want to wish Davy Nelson and, of course, the All Ireland and Division One champions or reigning champions the very best of luck when they get their little National Football League Division One off to a start next Saturday uh, in the noisy neighbours' house of Dublin. So, uh, best of luck to all of the girls and Davy Nelson um, as they start that league campaign. Davy, 
I just want to uh, bring your attention to the master plan. The club master plan has uh, been sent out. And, of course, the first action that we'll see from the club football um, will be the bank holiday weekend in February. So the first weekend in, in February, I think it's the 5th and 6th. Um, so an early start this year um, for the clubs and for the likes of, we'll say, Castleton hasn't been much of a break for them um, because they've only, they've only just stopped playing, of course, last weekend when they lost out to Fossa. Yeah, I was listening to your interview actually with Aidan Young, I think it was, uh, during the week and he said that, look, they're, they're, they're gunning for it, really. But it sounds to me like the likes of Castletown won't do too much before that first cup, cup campaign. They might do a session or two and they might just land and play it. Whereas other teams, in stark contrast, are working extremely hard just now and trying to get themselves right. It's a pre-season competition in essence. It is, I won't liken it to the O'Byrne Cup because there's a lot of flack about that at the moment, Mickey. But you get my gist, it, it is something similar to that. It's all building towards the start of the the leagues, basically, at the at the beginning of March. Um, so there's essentially three games, I think, in a kind of group phase. Uh, and then there's semi-finals and finals thereafter. But look at it, silverware, it gives clubs an opportunity. I do hope the weather holds up. It, it was problematic last year for it um, yeah. because the cup competitions didn't get done. And that kind of brings the integrity of the competition into question then as well. So hopefully they, they can get a clean run, get the games run off over the four-week spell and uh, move on then to the league because it's it, it's a tight fixture planner, as as I'm sure everybody that's listening is very well aware. Yeah, well, those cup, pre-season cup competitions, the first cup, Cornabonia and Talton Cup, will uh, throw in on the first weekend in February. Then the leagues will start on the opening weekend of March. So um, the final round of matches for um, the 12 divisions and 10 team divisions will be scheduled to be completed by mid-June. Uh, finals are set to take place on the opening weekend in July. So there's a lot of football coming up for the club player. And um, the championships uh, won't start until July, the weekend or the final weekend of July. That will be the senior and intermediate football championships. And they'll be taking place every two weeks um, uh, up until the finals on the weekend of the 8th of October. Um, I'm just trying to see the junior football and junior B championship uh, will start on the weekend of the 16th of July and are scheduled uh, for the finals are scheduled for the weekend of the 8th of October. So, um, you know, there's there's not much of a break in there between. I suppose you'll get a few weeks between the end of the league, finals in the league if you're in them, and the start of your championship, maybe three or four weeks, depending on if you're with senior, intermediate, junior or junior B teams. Yeah, yeah, the junior B obviously starting early. I think they have an extra round to, to get through before the intermediate and senior and sorry, junior A kicks in as well. There is an interesting uh, thing which isn't mentioned there. Oh, sorry, it is the, the the Premier Championships, right? And I know there was a lot of issues about this last year in the sense that the Premier Championships weren't finished before the first team championships kicked in, if that makes sense. So what happened is you had a scenario where there were a number of clubs who were kind of going well in the Premier Championship, they played the first round of their championship, they used 20 or 25 players across two weeks, and then they couldn't field for the remainder of the Premier Championship. That's going to be completely done and dusted now before the first team championships kicks in. So they're actually starting in March of this year, and they're going to be ran off, I think, bi-weekly as well. Um, so th that's good. And 
Also for the fact that if you're a second team player, you're back a little bit earlier than you probably would normally be. If you're going well for your Premier team, you can actually push on and try and get into your first team then. Um, so I, I like that. I think that's that's a nice little tweak. It's probably not something that jumps off the page at you, but I think for a lot of players out there, they're going to welcome that that change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I hear that. But playing devil's advocate on it as well, Davey, will clubs probably um, you know, pack their Premier teams and mean that some of these lads who would have been playing second team football won't get any football at all because they'll be pushed onto the subs bench and mightn't even participate after that. You know, you've there's a balance there, I suppose, that you have to try and meet, but it's it's a difficult one for uh for a lot of players who won't get playing. I get that. Um but you still have to name so many players. So like a senior yeah. team in Mead has to name 15 players who aren't eligible to, to play a Premier Football. And I would like to think the senior clubs, I'm sorry, most clubs, but in particular the senior clubs w- would take that pretty seriously. Do you know what I mean? Because why give, why does a senior player need to be playing Premier Football if, if he's, you know, if he's, a, I, th- I think when you go down the grades, when you go down into Junior A and Junior B, I think you only have to name possibly eight, maybe 10 in junior A. So th- there will be a little bit of crossover. But again, you'd like to think that most of the second team players who are training and given an effort will be accommodated and will get their football. Because essentially, as you say, Mickey, this championship is for them first and foremost. And it's more the first team players are to sort of supplement that team to ensure that they can field. Um, but but look, I don't envisage it being a problem. You said there's tons of football because there's going to be pretty much league every other week as well. So... Uh, the league actually switches to midweek as well, which is interesting. I think after the third round of fixtures, um, so the league begins start of March after three rounds of fixtures when we have the brighter evenings again. I think that's a positive thing. The games are going to be on a Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, possibly. Um, uh, just on that, they're going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and uh, Thursdays, yeah. With Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays being reserved for all uh, the underage calendar. Yeah, yeah. So great, like you know, you have your you have your weekends, and like if clubs wanted. You know, take the weekend off, train, play a challenge. They can do all of that. Um, I, I think by and large, club players would welcome that. Yeah, the uh, provisional championship, the under twenty, nineteen, and under twenty one hurling championships, they're all scheduled to uh, go in 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 around October. And the All Star uh, game, which took place this year, it's all also been uh, put into the calendar, and it's going to be held on the. Twenty uh, sixth of November, when the regional championship is over, probably a week, maybe two weeks after the regional championship is over. So, um, good to see that they have it scheduled as well. That it's not we're not going to be waiting around to find out what's happening. It's part of our calendar now. Yeah, and, and uh, is it possibly a week or two earlier than it was last year? Uh, maybe as well. So that's that's good. Yeah, it's in the calendar. Um. And look at the regional championship will, will obviously carry on because it was a very successful uh, competition in its in its first year. So be interesting to see kind of there should be a bit more uptake in that as well. We're going to have fresh teams in it. The likes of, you, you know, your Navalo Matneys basically can feature in it this year, which will be really interesting to see too. There will be a little bit of fluctuation in the regions with teams going up and down and stuff like that. But I'm sure they'll figure all of that out um, as they go. Um, the... Last year on the All Ireland final day, there was games scheduled, uh, championship games scheduled. They spoke about that at the meeting as well, and they've all agreed that that can't happen again. That was a little bit of an oversight, maybe by the CCCCCCC last year, and um, uh, putting games on the same day as the All Ireland final. It's 
it's kind of, you know, an unwritten rule, I suppose, across the country that you just don't do that. And, and good that they have looked at that and said that it won't happen again. Exactly. It's essentially the Christmas day for, for the GA, basically. Yeah. That that should nearly be the only game on across the country on that day. Obviously, there, there will be other games on and stuff, but uh, I, I do think people who like to go and watch it or, you know, do whatever to do on that particular day should be entitled to do so without having to worry about playing games that day or the next day or stuff. So, yeah, lesson learned again, move on. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. On the hurling front, David, the uh, leagues will commence on March the 19th and the Hurling Cups competitions, they'll be uh, starting in mid-April. Um, the Hurling Cup finals are pencilled in for the weekend of the 11th of June and the league finals two weeks later. And then the Hurling Championship will uh, kick off or throw in on July the 9th with the final set for uh, October the 15th. So it'll be pretty much the same as it has been. Uh, I suppose there, it'll be... Hurling one week, football the next, and yeah. uh, and so on, as it always has been. Yeah, they'll have a later start. So if you're a, a hurler only, basically, you're you're not back until what is it, the second week in March. Um, but for those guys that are playing dual, obviously they'll have a number of football games under their belt by the time in which they they play a hurling match. Um, the likelihood is not many county lads are going to get to feature because their season is quite condensed between league and and championship. Um, they do start. Their hurling championship does start a little bit earlier in me than the football one as well. Um, there are more rounds as well to get in in that. And uh, that final will, as always, I would imagine, happen the week before the football final. So uh, it'll be it'll be fairly full on for the hurlers from the, the beginning of March, particularly the dual players, actually. Because if, you know, if you're if you're a dual player, you're from the start of March, you're playing league, um, hurling and football week on week, pretty much up until the end of June when championship kicks in. There was talk of restructuring the Club Hurling Championship as well. Did that uh, happen, David? Not that I'm aware of, Mickey. No, I know there was a lot of talk about that. Um, not sure it went anywhere. It was to do with the um, the senior A and B, basically. Yes. And the, I suppose restructuring maybe the intermediate championship in terms of bringing uh, a lot of the clubs from the senior B down into the intermediate. To the best of my knowledge, nothing like that has happened yet. So I think Dundery who won the uh, intermediate, it'll, it'll be pretty relieved that they're going to get a crack at the senior B this year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, that is uh, the fixture plan looked at it and uh, we can't wait. It's it's going to be mental um, once it all kicks in. And of course, from next week on, with the ladies starting, we're going to have a whole host of um, podcasts coming your way every week. We're going to try and be bigger and better than we were last year. Um, we will be, I suppose... 
churning them out, Davy, because we'll have the Auburn Cup. Uh, or sorry, we'll have the, the National Football League, we'll have the National Hurling League, we'll have the ladies, we'll have loads going on. So um, a quiet week this uh, this week for our loyal, loyal supporters. You'll be getting one major one. We're going to be doing an update <laughs> on our managerial merry-go-round. And it really has been uh, a, a crazy, crazy managerial um, uh, part of the year because there's still a number of clubs that are waiting on uh, managers to be confirmed. And in the last couple of weeks, we've had a couple more teams uh, confirm their new management. And we'll be talking about that in the Loyal Royals podcast, uh, Davy. Yeah, I think we've about roughly about 90 percent, 90 plus percent of the club sewn up with managers for 2023. But quite alarmingly, I think there's two or three senior clubs still yeah. without a manager. And what are we going into the third week in, in January, which is astonishing, really? Um, it, it just shows how many clubs and managers were up in the air, really, throughout the offseason, you know, and uh, it's taken a little bit of sorting, but uh, we're, we're almost there. Not not yeah. quite though. Yeah, just not there at the minute, but we will get there. Um Davey, time to move on. Uh we'll go to our lotto segment. Um, I know I've had a couple of emails and messages coming in. Um, we'll get to jellies in a couple of moments' time, but we'll start off with yourself, Davy, on the lottos. Yeah, we'll go back on the on the last week, I suppose, is the best way of doing it because we don't want to recap on, on clubs that have had more recent results since that. But the first one that I have in front of me, Mickey, is from Dunsany GA and their results from the 14th of January. The numbers were 2, 7, 13 and 25. They have one match three winner who is Declan Cudden, who's now occupied in Denmark. Declan collects €150. Euro. Next week's guy, jackpot is... A guy I went to school <coughs> with, actually, would you believe? Him? Really? A friend of mine, Declan Cudden, yeah. Um, Very good. He's a, he's a, he's a Castletown man originally. So he is uh, living in Dunsany and uh, a really, really good guy. So uh, that €150, he's living in, where did you say, Denmark? Denmark, he's not in Dunsany anymore. It won't go too far over there, I can tell you. No, it's an expensive spot, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, their jackpot is Uh, €10,000. You could choose four numbers from just 28 numbers. The next draw takes place on Saturday, January 21st, 2023. You can play on the Dunsany Lotto or via the Club Force app. You can also play in Kilmesson Centre, the Post Office or the Dunsany Clubhouse. Next up is Cortown GA, Mickey, uh, from the 13th of January, which was last Friday night, 12,500 of a jackpot, not one. The numbers were 20, 22, 28 and 29. No winner. Mary Kilgallen, John Henry, Yvonne and Sorka, Elaine Collier and Deirdre Coyne were the five 20 euro winners. Uh, next week, we go again with 12,600 euro at cartoongaa.com forward slash lotto. Navinomatis, their results from the 10th of January. They had no jackpot winner. Their numbers were 7, 13, 14 and 29. They had one match three winner who is Maureen O'Reilly. And the next draw takes place on the 17th of January. They've got 7,400 euro up for grabs there. Castleton are next up and uh, their results from the 10th of January. 1,800 of a jackpot, not one. 12, 17, 20, and 23. The Lucky Dip winners collecting 30 euro each were Barry Sheeran, Barbara Smith, Vera Carter, uh, Antia, Cassidy, and Colin and Carmel. Uh, next in is Blackhall Gales. Their results from the 10th of January, 10,000 euro of a jackpot. There were no winners. 5, 11, 14, and 18. The 30 euro Lucky Dip winners were Sean Conlon, John and Shane McCarthy, Tom Clark, Claire Joyce, and Jer Casty. You can scan their QR code to play that one. 
screen from the 8th of January. Uh, they had a jackpot winner, and that winner was one of the regular supporters, Julie White, who scooped the €4,900 top prize. So congratulations nice. to Julie. They start again this week with €1,500 of a jackpot. Uh, Manalvi GFC from the 9th of January, 5, 10, 17 and 26. There were no jackpot winners in that one. Three 20 euro winners though were Bethan Riley, Tom McGuinness and would you believe it, Mickey Brennan courtesy of We Are Mead. Get in there Davey, this time next year Rodney this time next year. Yeah it'll be worth it'll be worth winning this time next year as well because they're <laughs> still at 1100 at the moment so uh, you're just biding your time. 16th uh, of January is their next draw, which is Monday night at Manalvi GFC or on the Club Force app. Another jackpot, which fell by the wayside, was in Longwood last week. And it's congratulations to Colin Fahey, who scooped the €10,000 jackpot on January 9th. Nice. Well done, Colin. A great start to the new year. The numbers he matched were 3, 9, 10 and 23. An unbelievable start to the new year. 10 grand richer. For 2023, lovely win. They'll start again with 800 euro uh, on the 16th of January in Longwood. Uh, Drumbara next in, and uh, their results from last week 7, 10, 20, and 28. The numbers 5,700 euro was an offer, but there were no winners. 30 euro winners went to Karen McManus, Martin McGlue, Teresa McGuire, Rumpo, and Shirley Riley. Walterstown up next, and uh, the numbers drawn in their lotto from last week were 5, 11, 17, and 21. There were no winners of the 4,800 euro jackpot. They had three match three winners uh, who went to Keith Brown, Joanne Gray, and Agnes Carroll. The draw for next week is now open. You can play that one on Club Force, or you can pick up an envelope at the Tara Station, which is the Texaco one on the Dublin Road, jackpot standing at 4,900 euro. Minolte, their results from the 8th of January, 7,000 euro of a jackpot, 6, 12, 23 and 28. There were no jackpot winners. They had three match three winners, though, who collect 70 euro each. Oren Henry from Cortown, Shauna Hennessy from Kilbeg and Eddie McCormick from Minolte. The special online prize of 50 euro went to Ronan Gaynor. And next week's draw will take place tonight, Sunday, the 15th <laughs> of January, uh, with 7,200 euro on offer there. Um, and the rest of them to me look like they're pretty old at this point in time so we won't bother going through them No bother Davy. well Declan Kinsler from Centerstown was in touch their lotto tomorrow night is 1800 euro you can do it through Smart Lotto or go on to any of their social media pages and find the link there also Jelly was in contact on Simon Sin last week the jackpot was 2100 there was no winner the uh, match three winners were Angela O'Higgins and Nina Dunn and uh, or Nina Dunn. Um, the numbers drawn were 4, 7, 15 and 13. Next week's lotto jackpot on Friday the 20th is 2,150. And you can do that online. Um, also, he threw in a little one. I hope you're ready for February the 17th as well. Because, of course, Davey, the um, FAI. The greatest league of the world. Yeah, the greatest league in the world, as, as as a few of our listeners would say, is starting back. And uh, he threw in a couple of Dundalk flags as well, the checkered flags there. Um, he's looking forward to the start of the 
League of Ireland. I couldn't remember the name for it. I was like, going, is it the Irish League? Is it the Ireland League? Is it the League from Ireland? No, it's the League of Ireland. It's kicking off on the 17th. So he'll be uh, <coughs> travelling over and back whenever he can to see his beloved uh, team over there in Dundalk, the town. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955-1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Um, good, Mickey? That's it, that's it. So that's the lotto's done. Uh, we'll move on to Insta- Instagram Interactive now, Davy, and I'm sure Jelly has probably put in something about the um, League of Ireland, but we'll find out in a couple of moments' time. No, I think I think you might be disappointed actually this week, Mickey. Oh. I don't see anything popping up from initially anyway. Um, we will start it with Ivan, uh, Ivan W85, and he said the farce that has been teams pulling out of the O'Brien Cup games. Yeah, um, look, it's been a disaster, so it is. Um, and it just, as we've said already, brings into question the integrity of these competitions but there's a lot going on at this time of the year with Sagerson and college competitions and whatever so a lot of the lads that are obviously involved with county teams are still in college and are involved with uh, Sagerson Cup campaigns it's so the weather is so bad fellas are out dogging at the moment they're picking up injuries (laughs) Probably not out dogging, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, out dogging, <laughs> picking out injuries. <laughs> <laughs> the time of the year, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll change that. They're out slogging. Um, <laughs> Much at the better. And uh, you know they're on heavy pitches and stuff like that. And you know it's it's about player welfare at this time of the year when it comes to a county panel because the workload is really really heavy. They're trying to get, we'll say, three games played in six days or seven days as well with their. With their county team in the in the preseason cup competitions, and then they're trying to do college as well and play football for their college, where they're kind of contracted to play for their college, which we spoke about before. Um, so it's it's just a bit of a balls. It's a disaster though for for the competition itself. I I do agree with you, but certain elements of it, and I'm just taking Mead for example, in the sense that you know we we have 35 or less. We probably have 30 yeah. in the squad at the moment that are fit. None of the lads that played O'Brien Cup were asked to play, you know, midweek against Longford. Um, the whole thing, if if you know you're not going to be able to to field, like why why affiliate to the competition in the first place? Because again, I think that the integrity of the competition is lost. I do get the dead rubbers a little bit more. I think there was a game between was it Kildare and Loud, possibly yeah. that didn't happen because it was a dead rubber grand. But the Offaly and Loud game was a semi-final of the O'Brien Cup and Offaly basically gave loud the, the walkover. I, I was disappointed at that, to be honest. But look, at it is what it is, I suppose. Um, 
Robert Burfield says he never knew that Evan Hoy was so popular in Port Leash. Mickey, this is something that you picked up on as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, as soon as the final whistle went in Port Leash, um, obviously the, uh, there was this bloody barrage of children running onto the field to see their hero, um, David Clifford. But they also surrounded uh, the one and only Evan Hoy. And when David Clifford walked away, there was still a crowd around Evan Hoy from Castletown. Um, now, I'm going to say that the majority of them were ladies. Um, you know, so, Evan, uh, I don't know if they were related to you. Um, but if they It were, is a big family, to be fair. It is a big family. The high family is a big family, all right, okay. Um, that is for sure. But, uh, yeah, no, it was great to see because the likes of your Evan Hoys, your Shane Hoys, your um, Adam Matthews, your Rian McConnells, your Killian Smiths, Killian Prices, to name just a few, you could name all of them. They were heroes for North Mead this year and for Castletown in particular. And all of the kids absolutely uh, have been, what's the word? They've been, uh, you know, treated to, to an unbelievable summer. And, you know, they got a chance to go out and, and speak to their heroes, you know, and the local heroes, which was brilliant to see. And Evan was, was there just enjoying the whole atmosphere of it after the game. Absolutely. Brian Flynn. Uh, it says you need new intro music. This has been talked about. Yeah, we do. yeah, it has been talked about. We we uh, we have spoken to the powers that be as well, and we are we just need to cut out a few clips. If anybody has any uh, specific clips from any of the All Ireland winning teams, say the minor or the ladies, or any games that they were uh, that they've listened back to or watched on YouTube or anything like that, if you have any clips that you think we could use in our new intro do send them on to us because uh, that's what we're going to be doing over the next three to four weeks. It will take a bit of time to to put it together, but we are going to put a new intro together, definitely. Or if if you can remember something humorous that, God forbid, you or me said, Mickey, uh, yeah. throughout any of our shows, do let us know. We'll we'll go back on them and try and pick them out. We're not putting uh, in the bit about the lads all dogging at this time of the year. I, uh, that's what I had in my head. <laughs> I, that's going to be my tuppence worth. Whether you want to use it or not, that's your call. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> the lads um, are all out dogging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip O'Brien said the hurlers flying ag- against down. Yeah, um, we spoke about that already. Absolutely brilliant to see uh, Shorsha Bolfin getting a tune out of this uh, group of lads and there really is great excitement around that panel this year and you know the, we are looking forward to what could be a brilliant year and a campaign for Shorsha and the Mead Hurlers Yeah, touch wood uh, Deck F. Dunn said is Column's kicking game going to work? I think it will um, definitely and I've been at a, a, a lot of games over the last few weeks uh, covering them for the radio and all that and watching different teams and when you look at the Division 1 teams it's something that they all do uh, their kicking game is, is is really really good and you know they're well able to get back in mass defence and whatever but it's knowing when to use the boot um, uh, and get that ball up the other end of the field as quick as possible is, is what's key to it and it's going to be a work in progress but I, I definitely think it will work Fingers crossed. Killian Parfield said the midfield is looking strong. It is. Um, you know, there's a number of players there for midfield, and that's even without the likes of your Brian Menton there. Um, there's a whole host. We've got what we we counted it up the other day, Davy. We reckon there's five. You know, you've got Brian Conlon, you have Jones, you have Di McGowan, 
you've Jack Flynn, Shane yeah, McIntyre, Shane, Shane Crosby, six, you know, mm. uh, and Shane Crosby, that was a player we didn't mention. I thought he did really well in the O'Byrne Cup as well. A fella coming in uh, for his first taste of uh, of intercounty football, brilliant stuff. Yeah, it's funny you should say that, Mickey, because Kieran Flynn said Shane Crosby is looking the business in the Mead jersey. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Davey? Yeah, very good. Very good. I, I, I do like him to Menton in many respects, the way he mm. plays the game, um, which probably isn't the worst compliment you could get. Um, so, yeah, if he keeps applying himself, absolutely. I think he's he's got a right good chance of staking a claim for that position. Um, Shawnee Fitzgerald uh, said United coming for Arsenal. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. I would have said it'd be the other way around, but two teams going well in fairness, Mickey. Yeah, two teams going well, absolutely. Like, um, you know, if Carlsberg did Saturdays, they did one on Saturday for me because it was, uh, first of all, it was United coming back from 1-0 down against uh, their uh, local rivals, Man City, beating them 2-1. And then, only a couple of hours later, um, the the Reds, as they like to call themselves, Liverpool, getting trounced by Brighton. But, you know, it was it was lovely to see it. And Cavan getting bet, did that just top the day altogether then? <laughs> nah, that... Yeah, that's right. that's harsh. That's harsh. Okay. I would have liked to see Cavan beating Tyrone. You can you can never beat Tyrone enough. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Kerry boys did on um, exactly on yeah, yeah, on yeah. Sunday in yeah, in yeah. intermediate both, and junior. And yeah. Both of them intermediate and junior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great to see. Uh, absolutely. Um, there was one more. Yeah, uh, Brendan Byrne said soft ground slash pitches. Yeah, that's it's that time of year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, and exactly why. I wouldn't like to see our regional championship being played at this time of the year because, you know, you just, number one, you mightn't even get the games played. And number two, you wouldn't be treated to good football. And number three, trying to go out and watch football, you know, in, in that weather would be horrendous. And number four, there's oh. a lot of people that aren't seen at this time of the year <laughs> on, soft, <laughs> on soft pitches anywhere. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I look at I do, I do take the point. Um but yeah, it's tough going. But this is where championships are, are won and lost, Mickey, aren't they? Yeah, look, it's uh, this is where you do all your preparation. And what's that old saying? Uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So, yeah. you know, we're all out slogging it at the minute. There's some lads out dogging it as well. <laughs> Fair juice. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> is that it? Have we nothing else from our uh, uh, Instagram interactive? Okay, well, look, um, quite one this week, but I know that in the coming weeks, Instagram is really going to kick in, I think, with uh, everything that's happening. But do look out for our Loyal Loyals podcast over the next few weeks. We will be doing the managerial merry-go-round, giving you an update on that this week and where all the clubs lie. We'll also be bringing you over the next few weeks as well um, our whammies from 2022. We're just finalising them. There's a lot of work goes into that uh, podcast. Um, We have to look back over the whole year and pull out all of the different uh, awards that we will be given to players individuals, teams, uh, clubs, um, uh, you know, referees, umpires, the whole lot. Everybody gets a little bit of a, a doing in our whammy. So stay tuned for that one as well. But look, from this episode of your We Are Me podcast, that's it. So remember, We Are Me, why matters more.